our scripture reading for today, the main one, is Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. Let's focus in on God's word here. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Amen. Blessed are they who trust in the Lord. Today I want to spend some time with the words trust and blessing. According to the prophet Isaiah or Jeremiah, not not Isaiah today, Jeremiah, trust leads to blessing. He says, those who trust in the Lord are like a tree living next to a stream of water. That tree is sustained and healthy always, never anxious that its life might be taken away. In times of drought or in heat, all people want less anxiety in their lives, right? At least I do. I don't think anyone wants more anxiety in their life. Jeremiah says, I shall not fear when heat comes. It shall not fear when heat comes, the tree, and its leaves shall stay green in the year of drought. It is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. That tree, even in times of danger, finds its well-being through its rootedness rootedness. I was just reminded this morning that rootedness is one of the values that way back in the beginning days of this church, we said, uh, we came up with values, what we wanted to be about, and one of them was rootedness. That tree finds its well-being in its rootedness. In Jeremiah's example, the tree trusts that the river will provide and is blessed by having a lack of anxiety. So how can we trust? How can we be more at peace? How can we find God's blessing in troubled times? Well, our world is a place that seems to be uh, anxiety-producing these days for just about everybody. There's so much that we could talk about that we're not going to talk about, that is anxiety-producing. Well, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. I want to think more about blessing today. The same was true in Jeremiah's day, though. Um, Jeremiah had seen God's people lose trust in God. They'd gone back to their old ways, the ways of being in the world before God had revealed God's self to them as their God and them as God's people. Well, what was happening in Jeremiah's day? Babylon 
um, was at their border, armed and ready to take over their cities, their fields, for their own benefit. Jeremiah warned that this invading army was about to invade. Can you imagine what it would feel like to be in a place where a foreign people are about to invade your homeland? That's the work of empires throughout history. Babylon was an empire hell-bent on removing any threat to their power, hell-bent on growing bigger and ruling more people. Today, we can imagine the loss of hope that people living in Palestine might feel as they lose more and more land. Or the people right now in Ukraine as they wonder if 100,000 Russian troops are about to uh, cross the border and violently take control of their land. We can imagine in the more recent past, the indigenous people of Turtle Island, the land that we live on, and the incomprehensible loss that they experienced and continue to experience. Can you imagine the hopelessness or the anxiety of those who are about to lose their homeland? That was the people in Judah's day, during Jer- in Judah during Jeremiah's day. Jeremiah was a prophet. It was about 600 BC that we're talking about here. He was a prophet. He spoke the truth. He wasn't a particularly uh, popular guy in his day because he spoke the truth. It seems he was probably a very gifted preacher and writer, but his message was hard. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. The weeping prophet. He wrote a book that we call Lamentations, along with the book called Jeremiah after his name. Lamentations recounts the day when Babylon destroyed Jerusalem. Many other prophets spoke out against Jeremiah. Do you hear that? Many other prophets actually spoke out against Jeremiah. Why were they speaking against another prophet? Well, they were saying, Peace is coming. They were saying, Babylon isn't that big a deal. It's okay. Babylon will be peaceful. Jeremiah's wrong, they said. Everything's okay. Chill out. It's not that bad. Don't listen to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, though, wasn't afraid to speak the truth as he knew it. That truth was hard to speak, I'm sure. And it was hard for people to hear. They loved hearing the other prophets, or who we now know were false prophets. They loved hearing their message because it was easy. It was delightful to hear that message. that Everything's okay and God's bringing peace. Jeremiah said, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength whose hearts turn away from the Lord. The false prophets of Jeremiah's day did a very common thing, but a very dangerous and ungodly thing. They gave the people only what they wanted. The people wanted to hear a message that everything was okay, that they could go on with their lives however they wanted and nothing bad would happen. 
everything's okay. They wanted to hear that their drifting from God was fine. Their neglect of the poor, it wasn't a big deal. It's okay. The empire at the doorstep, oh, it's not dangerous. It's not dangerous. They wanted to bury their heads in the sand. Sadly, the church in our day is sometimes very good at appeasing those same human desires. Christians speak the truth in the face of danger, in the face of sin, in the face of anxiety. The true Christian message always speaks truth. Truth filled with hope, truth filled with God's Spirit, but truth. Every Christian prophet, every one of us, is a prophet. Given the truth of God's love in the world and God's call to just living by God's people. Today, the truth of racism is a continued insidious thing in our world. Jeremiah would not have hidden this message against racism. Jeremiah would speak about the destruction of the planet. He would use science to tell people the truth and that we need to change our ways. Jeremiah would never condone books being banned in schools that speak of slavery or the Holocaust or indigenous injustice. He would speak the truth, even when it's hard. Laws against teaching about racism, he would speak out against that sort of thing. I think he would call out the cowardice, the anti-Christian behavior designed only to protect the powerful, designed to protect the empire. He would speak out against it. Christians speak the truth even when it's hard. Jeremiah also preached some very good news right here in our passage. Those who trust in the Lord, they are blessed. Those who trust in the Lord do not fear the truth, but are like a tree growing by a stream. There's an author, uh, Belden Lane, he's a Christian author, and he loves trees. In, a, in, in particular, he loves a specific cottonwood tree near his home in Missouri. His book, The Great Conversation, contains an ongoing narrative about that tree that he calls Grandfather. Throughout the book, Belden writes about Christian mystics who have helped the world see God's presence throughout the natural world. Belden makes it his practice to sit with this one particular tree and find God in the presence of its strength and its peace. Cottonwoods, it's the kind of tree he sits with. Cottonwoods are the kind of tree that I think Jeremiah would like. They grow best in parts of the country where it's quite dry, but they grow next to streams and rivers. Throughout the American West, they're the largest trees that grow in dry places along the banks of rivers that are in the prairies and deserts. When you see an oasis of cottonwoods and other 
water-loving trees in the desert, you can be assured there's water. And where there's water, there are birds and mammals, amphibians and all sorts of creatures. The cottonwoods hold the banks together. They provide all these ecosystem services that allow for all sorts of other things to live along the banks of that river. You'll often see beaver dams and just lush green where the cottonwoods grow. I have a picture of Micah and Lyle next to one that we found in, um, in the West a couple of years ago. Huge cottonwood tree. And it's near, near a river in the desert. Jeremiah says that in these highly anxious times, these times when people, the people of God are doing hard prophetic work of truth-telling, these times when hope is hard to come by, we can be like the strong cottonwood trees by the stream. We not only soak up the water for ourselves, but we provide it for others too through the fruit that we bear. Jeremiah says we are blessed by God because we trust in God. Jeremiah says the trees grow by the water. They never cease to bear fruit. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 22, another of our lectionary passages. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but just a verse from it. Jesus says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you, on account of the Son of Man. See, even when bad things happen, when we, see, when we feel cast out of the communities we love, when we are the prophetic voice and it's colliding with a dominant narrative of fear or power or just let everything be, everything's okay, we're in fact blessed by God, according to Jesus. Sometimes that's what it is to trust in God. Trusting can be hard, but it provides the rich wells of living water, even in those hard times. We've all been through hard times. But I invite you to imagine sinking your roots into the deep wells of God's blessings. Last weekend, a few of us participated in a rule of life workshop. It was a half day of considering our daily, weekly, monthly practices and rhythms, habits, if you will, that, that help us sink our roots into God, into that stream of water, practices in our daily lives. We all need to rethink how we're caring for ourselves right now, how we're caring for our families, how we're caring for our spiritual lives and our connection to God. We all need to be thinking about practices that we can stick to that will help us connect with God through scripture, through prayer, through meditation, through caring for our bodies. For me, and I think all of us, for me, in my rule of life, practices of justice and restoration are also a part of it. Practices that help us not only soak up God's living water, 
but also help us to bear fruit like Jeremiah talks about. Jeremiah says that tree by the water never ceases to bear fruit. Fruit is reproductive. Fruit spreads the good news. Even in the desert, that tree with deep roots connected to the waters of God bears fruit even in the desert. Fruit is always nourishing others. Not only does, does it reproduce, it nourishes those who need fruit, who need nourishment. The health of your spiritual life, your connection to God, becomes a blessing to the world because of the fruit that God bears through you. The answer to dealing with anxiety and feeling hopeless in times of trouble is not to ignore the impending army at your borders. It's not to ignore the racism in our country. It is not to ignore inequality or the history of injustice in our country. It is not to ignore climate change and other ecological collapses that are happening around us. With our roots deep into the wells of God, we are able to put our trust in God's goodness. Even in these hard times, we experience the blessing of God because our connection to the living waters feeds us. Through those living waters, we can bear fruit in the world. In Luke's gospel, Jesus says in 6.22, chapter 6, verse 22, at the end of this passage, Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in the day and leap for joy. For surely your reward is great in heaven. So to to finish up, I want you to think about one last thing, okay? One last little little thing here that Jesus says. There's so much in these passages. I love these passages. I want you to get one last thing here. Surely your reward is great in heaven, Jesus says. When Jesus talks about heaven, he's talking about the here and now as well as the ever after. We usually think of Jesus saying, if you do this now, Sometime in the future when you're dead and in the, your body's buried and your soul is in heaven, you'll, ha- you'll be blessed. Well, I think Jesus has a different idea here. When Jesus talks about heaven, he's talking about both, here and now, and eternity. Jesus doesn't say your reward will one day be great when you die and go to heaven. He says your reward is great. Heaven is unity with Christ. The amazing news of the gospel is that we can have heaven here on earth right now as we face trials and tribulations and all of the stuff of this world that builds anxiety in us. Our rootedness in Christ, our unity with Christ is is heaven. What practices do you have now that help you connect to God, help you to know Jesus better, and therefore know yourself better? Do you have practices that connect your roots to the living waters of Christ? 
Are you like a healthy tree that provides shade and habitat and fruit for all those around you? The good news of Jesus is that we can experience these waters. We can experience a taste of heaven anytime, right now. This is the gospel, that we have access to these waters through Jesus. Amen. Spend me